Welcome to Education Today, where we'll explore what is possible in education today by covering everything from cool tech to sound pedagogy infused with teacher stories, sprinkled with a little fun, and filled with inspiration from around the globe. I'm your host, Scott Nunes, and this is Education Today. Welcome everyone, this is Education Today. I'm your host, Scott Noons. I'm super excited to share with you some tech tips as always, talking about school reopenings and the best way to go about things. So I'm sharing things I've learned, sharing things that I've seen, and talking about things that you should be prepared for. So in this episode, I really want to focus on preparations, whether you're back to school already or you're gearing up to go back this next week after Labor Day. These tips are going to help you not only survive, but thrive in this environment. Uh, Because in very many ways, if we're not growing in this field of education, we're dying. And that's the last thing I want. Uh, I definitely want to be here to support you in your teacher journey. And if there's ever anything you want me to cover, just DM me on Twitter, send me a message and let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what I should be covering if, if not this. So a quick rundown of some, um, key topics we'll be covering, talking about password protection, using the right tool for the job, decompressing, expecting slowdowns and tech to go down, exploring new tech features and just playing and encouraging others. So without further ado, let's get right into it with our first topic, protecting your password. You need to be very mindful when you're on these video conferencing calls with students, uh, staff, uh, just anybody really make sure that your environment is clutter free as much as possible. It's tough. We're expecting a baby over here, so stuff's constantly moving. Where's the best place for this? Uh, I'm transitioning from my teacher role into my tech coach role, so I came home with six boxes full of ELA stuff just uh, in preparation for whenever I do go back into the classroom, uh, <laughs> when and if. Uh, so... it's cluttered my space a little bit and I have some 3d printers. Uh, They're not in my classroom anymore. They're taking up a lot of space. So my space is kind of awkward right now. Uh, I get it. You may be in a similar situation, but a key thing and how this relates to passwords is you don't want to leave your passwords out. You may have a lot of passwords like I do, Uh, It's okay to write them down and to have them in physical form. In fact, this is my preferred method. And here's why. Uh, Growing up with tech and being really techy when I was young, I, I learned and observed quite early on, it is quite easy to penetrate most, um, security measures uh now things are more secure but where there's a will there's a way if somebody wants to get your password we've seen this with big companies like experian and some of these other tech breaches right it seems like every so often 
I'll get an email saying, oh, your data is breached or may have been breached, right? And these are from big companies that invest millions in infrastructure. Um, while our schools are investing a lot, they're not investing as much as these big companies. And so uh, your data may be vulnerable. So think about your passwords. I recommend uh, you change them out often. Uh, there are some different recommendations at minimum every six months, but I'd really change them like every month. I, I know it gets tedious, but in order to really protect yourself and protect your data, uh, that's huge. You definitely don't want to leave a password out and on the Zoom call and somebody pauses the feed or takes a screenshot and zooms in and gets your password and takes over uh, your class and you know gets access to your files and things like that there's all kinds of nasty things folks can do um, that goes for social media too like if you're taking a picture of yourself in front of your computer and you have your password on your desk uh, somebody can very easily get that so what i do is i keep a digital record and i have it in a secure place so i keep all my passwords in a very secure place nobody knows where they are and when I need them, I go there and I can update them. So that's an idea. Old school is kind of best right now. Low tech is high tech uh, when it comes to passwords. Uh, but another thing you can do is you can keep a digital record on a spreadsheet. That works really well, but then you still are vulnerable to digital attacks. If uh, you do have like external hard drives or thumb drives, something that's not connected to the internet, I recommend you store it on there and maybe even have a backup. Um, and then make sure you're updating that backup fairly regularly. Otherwise, if your hard drive goes down, something happens to it, um, you could lose it. And then have these things readily accessible. Let's say, you know, something you know, catastrophic happens. There's a fire. I experienced this just last year. A uh, neighbor's house was on fire and I had to grab some things really quickly. Uh, it made me really self-aware of the things that were most important. And so passwords <laughs> and, uh, you know, really important files. Like uh, for me, the work stuff could could go it's replaceable it'd be a lot of work but uh family photos and videos those are probably like the most important thing so have those in a very visible location so i could grab those and um having passwords on this digital spreadsheet you know that that's something you should keep as well and know where it is and have it be discreet and inaccessible but accessible enough to where when you need it, you can get to it quickly. Uh, another tool that a lot of people like, uh, I'm still a little leery of it personally, uh, but using something like LastPass. Uh, a lot of people are big fans of this. Uh, I would say generally it works, uh, but you still have to be really careful not to share out that LastPass password essentially the way that tool works is you sign up for this service they do have a free version and they have paid versions as well which are a little more intricate and it gives you like a master password and you use that master password to get into all of your items kind of like a single sign-on and it can randomly generate these very intricate 
passwords. But what you can use LastPass for too is creating your own unique passwords. So that's usually what I'll do. And then I'll modify it also using uh, phrases instead of um, just words or common things like, you know, birthday or family member's name, something like that. Uh, that's going to be far better. And then substitute some of the letters for numbers. Uh, that does make it much harder to crack. Okay, so the next piece, using the right tool for the job. What I mean by that is using the right tech tool for the job you need to accomplish. So this may take some time, especially for those of you that are newer to tech. You may be just feeling like you're drinking from a fire hose when it comes to tech and tech applications. So I say when you're starting out or if you're the type that gets overwhelmed with tech, start small. You know, start with a suite of tools, whatever your school recommends, either Microsoft or Google, that's a great place to start. If you have an LMS, a learning management system, or a CMS, a content management system, learn that as well. Those two are going to be foundational. And then add on some interactive presentation tools. So something like Flipgrid, where you know, there's a low threshold to learn Flipgrid for both you and your students. I know it's one more tool, and I can see a lot of teachers saying that, but the value is so jam-packed. There are so many things you can do. There are um, all of these filters and abilities that uh, really curtail to a student's uh, independence and their identity. So there are things that they can embed in there that really bring out um, a version of themselves that you may not normally see. There's so much room for creativity and for scaffolding, for special needs students, for our ELs, uh, presentation coach is coming. Uh, Google search or search that up uh, to find out a little bit more on that. Uh, that's a great tool. We have Immersive Reader right in there, which is so awesome. The more I use it, the more I like it and see all of the possibilities with Immersive Reader. And it just plays well with so many tools. It's easy to embed uh, grids and, um, you know, establish rapport with students through Flipgrid. So I really like that tool. Nearpod's another one. If you don't have Nearpod, but you have Pear Deck, use that. Use what you have. Use what's approved by your district. Uh, those would be like my three main kind of tiers, you know. So starting with the suite, having the LMS, and then adding on these presentation tools, and then go from there. Um, so when I meet with teachers, I really try and get at the bottom of what they're trying to do. So are they doing data collection? You know, and what kind? Is it going to be data heavy? If it's data heavy, that sounds like a spreadsheet. And maybe I'll use a form, either a Microsoft form or a Google form to get that data. Are people filling it in for you or are you having to do it? And then just deciding. Alice Killer has some great, great extensions uh, for Google Sheets. So check out her website, alicekiller.com. Check out all of the cool Google extensions that she has to help you out there with that. Um, 
if you're presenting, you know, check out all the different presentation features, you know, start simple, keep the slides thin, you know, keep in at your protocol mindset uh, when starting out with this, especially with students doing a task like thin slides, I would search that up on the edu protocols website, eduprotocols.com and get some templates, play around with those, see how they're done. Super easy, uh, super low prep and high outcome on something like that. And you get some good formative data from students and they get many at bats with thin slides. I saw such an improvement the last years when I was in the classroom and did thin slides and I did even more thin slides last year. I felt like even the most timid and shy students did well. Uh, they really came out of their shell and really got good at presenting and um, it made me feel good because I'm preparing them for future presentations and just conversing with others. So I, I did it in a variety of formats. I had them uh, present to me, had them present to uh, a friend that they felt comfortable with, had them present to a partner, had them present in small groups, and then uh, had them present whole class in a variety of ways. Uh, and so that was really neat. Uh, I really like that experience. I think that's really essential for preparing them for social situations out in the real world, like a whole slew of them. I'm a big fan of the elevator pitch. You just never know when you're going to have a moment and you need to pitch somebody. You need them to buy what you're selling, you know, which is you, your brand, your teacher brand, um, you never know when that's going to be. It could be in an elevator, literal elevator. Uh, for me, it's typically at a conference. Maybe I'll run into somebody and I need to pitch an idea or, or pitch my skill set. Um, next thing, decompressing. So I talk about this a lot, self-care. Uh, do something that fills your bucket, that excites you, ignites you as a person. So this can be writing, exercising, talking, trying something new. Go out on an adventure, a safe one, right? Follow the rules and um, regulations set by your state, your area. Uh, we're able to drive around where, where I'm at. So I want to go out on a food adventure today. We're, we're going to go try some different restaurants and, and get takeout and kind of evaluate them. So uh, kind of like a worth it experience. If you've checked out uh, that YouTube channel, uh, I like it for the most part. There are some explicit parts and some strange parts every now and then. So um, keep an eye out on that. But for the most part, uh, the episodes are, are pretty clean, family friendly. Uh, I would just preview some of them every now and then they throw like a, a zinger or something highly inappropriate for for younger audiences. So I try and preview the episodes before I let my kiddos watch. But they evaluate uh, a certain type of food at different price points from different restaurants. So I wanted to try my own. I'm looking for new things to do to keep us entertained and to 
fill our bucket uh this weekend all the beaches are closed and my wife is pregnant so we can't go too far so we're even more limited than we might normally be uh and so um just making kind of like a staycation but just outside of the house uh staying staying local with that just in case baby comes and we got to go to the hospital next make time for yourself and those that matter most to you. So whether it's family, friends, a combination thereof, maybe it includes colleagues. Uh, it's really up to you. But make that time. If you don't make that time, don't etch it out. It's very easy, especially right now, to get engrossed in work and become a, a workaholic. Uh, there is some merit to getting a lot of work done and supporting people, but you need some downtime. Your productivity and creativity in the long run will be sustained. Uh, it's real easy to burn out. That's one of the ways. So for example, uh, I'm recording it Saturday, Saturday morning, and I got up early, You know, just quickly check the inbox it was already flooded. There were 20 plus emails uh, in there. And, you know, I did answer a couple. Uh, there were just some quick ones, but some of the heavier ones, I'm like, nah, this is waiting till Monday. This is my day off. Uh, I did need some things from my inbox. So I searched for those and then got out. And I'm committed to not opening that back up until Monday. I recommend something similar. Now, there's going to be special cases. Maybe you're working on a big project or you're okay with working on it um, every now and then. But I would strongly uh, persuade you to not make a habit of that. Uh, you know, make your time your own. Etch out some time. If you do want to work the weekends, then make make some time during the week figure it out or you know maybe you swap maybe you take some time during the week and you're going to catch up a little bit on emails on saturday or sunday whichever day works best for you um next thing and uh, i talk a lot about this to friends teachers staff with the tech and everybody going back to school expect slowdowns and tech to go down so last week i experienced this with a number of apps i don't want to throw any company under the bus but i do want to talk about my theory now this is just a theory it's observational i don't have any evidence to back this up so uh you can take it with a grain of salt or you can jump on my bandwagon with this belief it's just a theory that I've come up with through observation. And my theory is this, that tech companies, they really do want to help us, but they have business in mind, meaning they know they have to support themselves. They have to grow and they have to prepare for the effects on the system and their company for whenever all of us go back face to face uh the plan is that's going to happen at some point nobody knows when and so uh, rather than completely invest in infrastructure and build it up to support everybody that's on the internet now they really don't want to do that because essentially what's going to happen is there's going to be this vacuum effect so if they double or triple the amount of servers and engineers that they have 
working on these things. When we go back, they're going to have to fire those engineers, um, going to have to find somebody to sell their additional servers to, and uh, they're going to lose money. And businesses are not in the business of losing money. So uh, they're trying to support us as much as they can with as minimal infrastructure improvements as possible. So they're trying to go lean and, you know, essentially get the most bang for their buck. And so they're incrementally improving and they're really good at following trends and uh, predicting where markets are going to go. And so uh, they're really trying to set the system to where this um, usage level will kind of uh, level out uh, when we all go back. They're trying to predict what that's going to look like and support that system and have a little overflow. So keep that in mind. Uh, there will be tech slowdowns. And with that, you need to be flexible with your deadlines, your own deadlines, your um, deadlines for your students or your staff. Um, be creative. Many times there are many ways to do the same kind of thing. Know those ways. Share those ways. This is really tough for those that are newer to technology. So I encourage you, be all in, especially if tech is tough for you. Be all in. Be committed. Now is the time to really turn a weakness into a strength. Uh, I did that with the English, uh, <laughs> the sixth through eighth grade and probably really fifth grade. Uh, I scored fairly low in English. My skills weakened significantly and I worked really hard to bring up those skills. I really didn't like English. I did like reading, but I hated the grammar stuff. I, in fact, I still do. <laughs> uh, teaching grammar was not uh, the highlight of my teaching career. I left that up to the pros <laughs> and deferred to their wisdom on how to properly teach that because uh, I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, that being said, I had to really learn to like the things I didn't like to do. So I made a game out of it. I worked hard, built in. Uh, yeah, I gamified it, essentially. I built in little rewards that I could provide for myself. Like, oh, you're going to get to read this book. Or you're going to get like this kind of treat, like food treat or time. You know, if you study this long, that kind of thing. And that was from the student perspective. And I ended up bringing those scores uh, way up my freshman, sophomore year, and then just kind of plateaued from there. Uh, but that being said, like, if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh, that was something I really hated, and I got to be good enough at it to where I could teach it. And I still had hangups, but I was self-aware so as not to pass those hangups on to my students it's I didn't share publicly with them that not a big fan of grammar still went through it and uh, I sold it well <laughs> uh, next thing you know always have these contingencies you know so know the different ways to do things and then have like backup plans on how to roll those out how to do the same things and what if tech goes down completely how are you going to integrate like a a physical 
paper system kind of back in for some of the things and how are you going to support those in need maybe you have students that have access issues what are you doing how can we get them kind of plugged in there are many opportunities sometimes it's just researching those and then there's a lot of um, tech illiteracy especially when it comes to educational technology so if teaching and instructing educational technology is not your forte can you bring someone in to help you out can you bring in a mentor a peer teacher can you ask somebody in your pln like me i've done that for friends uh and it works out great so consider those around you identify their strengths and offer up your services and maybe you can create a barter system uh, lastly, explore new tech, new features, and just play around with tech. Make some time to just play around. Don't have yourself on the hook for anything. Just mess around, click around. I did that as a youngster, and that's how I taught myself how to code. That's how I got into graphic design. I did dabble in programming for a bit, but I decided, ah, that's not really for me. I liked HTML and web design, so I stuck with that. I, um, I'm i a very visual person, and so it just really coincides with my personality. And uh, I do have a grand appreciation for coding and the skills uh, I gained from that, particularly problem solving and patience and working through something, like identifying these little minute problems and being very thorough when searching for problems those all came from coding experience and I didn't take coding courses I I taught myself that was just from playing around and reading things on the internet and there was no YouTube now we have YouTube which is glorious so get out there and play make some time for that as well encourage your students and staff be a cheerleader for others. Do what you can. So these are tough times. Really extend yourself and uplift others. Do everything you can to encourage others and focus on the positives. Don't focus on somebody's inability to do something. Uh, even if they really need to learn how to do it, focus on the great things that they're already doing. And by doing that consistently and genuinely, uh, it takes some practice. So at first, it may not be entirely genuine, but believe me, you'll get there. Uh, with dedication comes real change. And so uh, if you're dedicated to uplifting others, it, it will become genuine, even if it's a little forced in the beginning. And you'll develop a better relationship with your students, your staff, your peers as the result of that. So those are my tips. I'm Scott Noons. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Noons Teach. And stay tuned for more tips on school reopenings. I'm coming out with a new batch of podcast episodes with people that I'm interviewing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I have uh, Melissa Hayes. She's great with Flipgrid and a bunch of other tech tools. Randall Sampson, Evan Robb, and many, many more. And if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe on the player of your choice and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And in this field of education, 
hang in there because it's grind time. Thank you for listening to Education Today. It is my pleasure to share with you all. Let's stay connected on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Noons Teach. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the player of your choice and give Education Today a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, everyone, out here in this field of education, it's grind time.